welcome back to the Carnivore Yogi Podcast, and Happy New Year to those of you who are listening live on the release date of January 5th and afterwards as well. I hope you're still having a Happy New Year whenever you're listening to this, but I'm really excited about today's guest. His name is Rudy Nassif, and he is the owner and founder of Viva Rays. He has extensively studied with scientists such as Dr. Andrew Huberman, Dr. Samar Hattar, Dr. Jack Cruz, and so many people in the circadian biology realm. And so he is absolutely an expert on all things circadian biology, quantum physics, and we really dive into his personal story of how he struggled with ADHD severely and severely with anxiety and could not get anything done. I think this is a problem that a lot of people are facing in today's society, just extremely distracted, anxious, and it's a it's a big problem. So my hope with this episode is that a lot of the principles that we're talking about that people can apply, that you guys can start to apply them and then share this episode with that special person in your life who might really be struggling with these issues. As I do with all of my podcasts, there is the underlying reason of why I'm doing this because I really want so many people to have access to this information so they can start to change their lives without relying on pharmaceuticals for the rest of their lives. I think there's a time and place for them, but you know, ultimately we don't want to be on those things long-term if we can avoid it. So I hope that you guys enjoyed this conversation I had with Rudy. We have also included an offer from Viva Rays. There will be a link in the information section below for you guys if you wanna try out his product. I actually have the glasses and I think they're absolutely wonderful and they're really cool, the clip-on system. I'll actually show a video of it on my YouTube channel. So if you want to see them, you can head on over to my YouTube channel and I will do a little demo of the glasses there. I also want to thank the sponsors of today's podcast. The first one is going to be Upgraded Formulas. When we talk about struggles with sleep, a magnesium deficiency can be top of the list. In fact, a mineral deficiency period can be top of the list when we are working with sleep difficulties. So that's why I am a huge fan of their hair tissue mineral analysis with a consultation. You can use my code YOGI12 to save on that on their website as well as any of their other products to find out what your mineral status is. Their motto and my motto as well is test, don't guess. The second sponsor of today's podcast is going to be Optimal Carnivore. I use their organ meat blend as well as their beef liver capsules to supplement and kind of fill in the gaps because I am not a huge fan of eating organ meats. I will do it occasionally, but I would much prefer to take those desiccated supplements. So Optimal Carnivore is a fabulous option if you are looking to start supplementing with organ meats but don't necessarily want to cook them and eat them. My discount code is carnivore uppercase Y and there will be a link in the show notes for you guys that you can follow if you wanna try those out. And I think that's it for today. I hope you guys really do enjoy this episode with Rudy. Feel free to leave me a review over on Apple up to five stars to let me know what you think about it. And that's another way that you guys can let me know if there are any guests that you would like me to pursue to have on the show. All right, guys, enjoy this episode and I will talk with you again soon. 
All right, guys, thank you so much for coming back and tuning in. I'm very excited to have today's guest. Rudy is someone that I have actually been learning from privately in a certification course right now. And I've had the pleasure of speaking with him before this conversation. And I just find so much inspiration and strength and wisdom in what he has to offer. So I'm very excited to have him here today. Thank you for being here. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for having me. I'm really enthused to be here today. Yay. Well, let's start with your story. And you've been, I guess, really into quantum physics and, and kind of a citizen scientist for what, the last six years, right? Yeah, seven years. Seven years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what got you started, if you want to start at the beginning? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 reflecting back at my story, I think what got me started is my struggles since I was a kid, uh, being diagnosed with ADHD, I suffered from headaches, agitation, and inability to focus. And growing up, I turned into a night owl and I stayed up very late every night, feeling super wired and stimulated, only to lack the energy, focus, and motivation the following day. And eventually, Day after day, this led me to deep depression, chronic fatigue, and extreme disorientation. And it was really sabotaging my professional life at work, my goals and aspirations, and even my relationship with my loved ones, with my partner, with my family. So I was desperately looking for a solution in order to feel better. And my partner was really trying to help me as well. And as I kept going from one doctor to another, I was feeling really tired and exhausted and very overwhelmed with the different health opinions. And thankfully, I didn't uh, take prescription drugs because that, that was one of the suggestions for my depression. And I tried so many different diets, you count it. Supplements, herbal formulas, meditation and physical exercise techniques. And while all of these, to be honest, impacted my life in a positive way. Unfortunately, I was still stuck in the same cycle of feeling wired at night and chronically fatigued and depressed in the morning. So I guess my struggle and really wanting to feel better led me to leave everything at one point and to decide to go to a rural farm in Quebec. I was really at that point feeling very hopeless and, and a bit suicidal. Mm. And miraculously, this specific event changed my life completely. I spent six weeks on, on this farm camping and I was, was exposed only to natural light during the day and fire and candlelight during the evening. And within a matter of days, something miraculous happened. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I start winding down in the evening, feeling relaxed and mellow, sleeping shortly after the sunset, to then wake up before the sunrise for the first time in my life, feeling rested, fully refreshed, energized, and motivated. I was farming outdoors all day, dancing, cooking, hiking, swimming in lakes, and studying. And to be honest, I was accomplishing in 24 hours more than I would 
in a month. Wow. <laughs> I was in complete awe. And I didn't change my diet. I didn't take supplements. And I didn't change the way, the way I was meditating and exercising. I mean, how did that magic happen? <laughs> it was <Yeah>. like... <laughs> And that was in just with a, a few days that that happened for you, right? Yeah, I think by the third day, I was completely in harmony with my environment. I was a complete person. And the only thing that was lacking is the understanding. Because at this point, I thought I would never regress back to the person I was before. And... Uh, I was I was in complete awe, to be honest. Mm. But unfo unfortunately, when I moved back from the city, from the farm to the city, and within a couple of weeks, literally, I fell back into my old terrible routine of staying up late at night, feeling wired, and then waking up feeling fatigued and eventually depressed again. Mm. And at this point, I was, I was really contemplating what, what was the difference? And the only difference I found is the light environment that I was exposed to. It was very different because in Toronto, I was bombarded by artificial lights everywhere. So I was, this, this, this contemplation led me to start studying quantum physics, quantum biology, circadian rhythm, and the effects of light on human beings. And I was consulting the world's leading experts in this field. And what I learned is that we are light beings and that every aspect of our physical reality is actually light that is vibrating at a lower speed. And this means that not only light does shape and mold every aspect of our well-being and health, but it's also the nucleus of life itself. And the quality of your light exposure will literally determine the quality of your sleep, focus, productivity, and mood. And the, the common problem that we have in our modern world is that we're getting very little natural healthy light during the day, and that we're being bombarded by junk artificial lights at night from phones, devices, and LED bulbs. And at this point, when I came to this realization, you know, I was desperately looking for some ways to change my lifestyle. I mean, how could I still live in the city around people while not compromising my health and while still accessing those states of infinite flow and creativity that I experienced on the farm? Yeah, that's a tough one because I feel like a lot of my listeners do live in big cities. I know I have a big audience in LA and New York. That's where a lot of my viewers are. And so sometimes that can be a difficult conversation, you know, if you've already kind of fixed your relationship with light and you're still struggling, it might be time to, to look at, you know, making some changes. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? Did you stay in Toronto long-term in order to heal or did you have to make some geographical switches? Well, it was, it was different stages, to be honest. Hmm. Uh, when, when, I, when I first discovered this, I was desperately looking for a solution so I could still function in, in a city and, and, and not, not really compromise my health the way I was doing this. So mm. I discovered about blue blocking glasses and um, I felt really excited. You know, I instantly went on and I bought three pairs for uh, my business partners and I. And 
to my surprise, after trying them for a while, I didn't experience any of the benefits that I experienced on the farm. Ah. And I was actually, I felt very disappointed and, and, and hopeless again. But something in me was like on fire. I wasn't really ready to, to give up because when you experience something and you have like this deep burning desire of living in a, in a harmony with those states that you experienced, this, this, this fire was literally uh, putting me into action. So thankfully, I, was, I started consulting the world's leading expert in circadian rhythm and, and photobiology, and I was able to learn from them why the blue blocking glasses that I bought didn't work. Mm. I mean, I could go into, into this a little bit because I think many people nowadays are being bombarded by those ads for clear blue light blockers. Yes, they're everywhere. And I see people posting <laughs> on their social media because I get tagged because I've been kind of talking about how it's important to have good light hygiene and change your relationship with light. And so sometimes people will tag me in their stories and they've got the clear blue light blocking glasses on. And I don't want to be I don't want to discourage them. But I want them to know that those are just really not, <laughs> not a good idea. If you're trying to um, protect your eyes, it's not really doing much, right? Totally. I mean, when I first bought them, I, as I said, I, I tried them for a few weeks. They didn't work. But what I understood later is that those clear blue light blocking glasses, they are designed to block blue light up to 420 nanometer in wavelength. Uh, okay. Now, blue light ranges from 380 up to 500. And the first part of blue light is called blue-purple light. And the, the second part is the, the, the blue turquoise. Now, if you measure the blue light that is emitted from LED screens and bulbs, you will see that it peaks at 455 nanometer in blue. Yes. Now, when you wear clear blue light blocking glasses, those glasses clearly block blue light up to 420 nanometer. So there's technically blocking blue light that is not being emitted from those harmful sources that we're exposing ourselves to. I like to use this analogy is like trying to rinse your quinoa in a pasta strainer. The quinoa will end <laughs> up passing through, through the holes because like it's the wrong filter. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, and people are, they have good intentions. They really want to do all of these things, but you know, because of they want to get a better price or they think the clear is just easier to see through. Um, they may make that choice. But what I really want to do with my channel and why I'm so grateful to have people like you here on the podcast is just educate people. And so they really can, if they want to do these things that they're experiencing, I think I'm going to have so many people that are going to hear this and say, I'm wired at night and exhausted in the morning. Like, I just, I don't want to live like that anymore. Um, so I think just providing that proper education for them is just really, really key. Totally. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So um, I guess I wanted to touch back on one thing that you had said a little bit earlier about as a child, just really struggling with ADHD as well, because I think that this is a huge, huge problem. Um, ADHD, autism, you know, I have a child with autism. Uh, it's, it's a big problem. And, you know, my daughter is someone who, when I took the iPad away from her, I started getting into circadian biology and um, quantum physics and all these things this year. And I saw a dramatic improvement in her behavior and ability to just 
be with, you know, she's outside all the time now. She'd rather be outside. I think she had rather been outside the whole time. Um, but as soon as I took that device away, it was like a different child. And so how do you think that kind of light played into your struggles as a child with ADHD and what, what kind of things did you experience? Yeah, as a kid, I was really intuitively not liking being in the class under those artificial lights. Mm. And I remember that I would try to do anything to be kicked out from class so, I, so that I could be outdoors. And there are very interesting studies back in the 1970s, uh, I believe from Dr. John Ott, mm. uh, putting kids under fluorescent and LED lights and studying their behavior. And what they noticed is that they were very agitated. They were, uh, their mood was uh, very unregulated and they were reacting so much. And also their cognition uh, was very low, their, their ability to learn and memorize. Now, when they put those same kids under full spectrum uh, light, they noticed that their mood has completely changed. Their agitation has calmed down and as if they became different people and this doesn't surprise me at all because a lot of our neurotransmitters and the way we are meant to function as human beings are tightly related to light signals and these light sing signals fundamentally control uh, a rhythm in our body that will determine how well we sleep how alert focus and energized we are throughout the day. And this rhythm controls so many different other processes from the optimal time of digesting to the optimal time of thinking. All of these windows through which we are meant to function are controlled by this rhythm. Now, I think the, like so many people are getting to learn more and more about uh, this rhythm. This rhythm is called the circadian rhythm. And uh, circadian, for those of you who, don't, who are not familiar with it, it comes from the Latin word circa and dia, which means about a day or 24 hours. It, it's literally a 24-hour rhythm that repeats itself. And this rhythm literally exists in all animals, humans, and plants. Plants, for instance, they can anticipate the sun's position in the sky throughout the whole day and turn their leaves in the right direction so that they can maximize photosynthesis. But not only this, they drop their leaves down at night when uh, the sun is not present. And this allows them to maximize their energy production and energy intake. And this, and, and, and we're, not, we're not very different than plants. We all experience an unescapable change in our environment. Mm -hmm. The day must become night. And in order for us and for all biological processes to adapt to this daily change in, in the environment, we have had to develop an internal clock that uh, controls and governs uh, the, uh, the daily functions to an optimal time of the day or the night during a 24 hour cycle. So basically this 24 hour uh, rhythm is what enable us to wake up in the morning feeling refreshed, energized and ready for the day it also enable us to access our peak performance, learning and cognition. And it will also enable us at night to wind down, relax, 
so that we can enter deep restorative sleep where we are meant to heal, repair, and uh, cleanse from the inside so that we can wake up the following day feeling light and ready for the day. Now, if you put a kid in an environment that is reversed, which means they're in them artificial lighting all the day and they're not getting this tremendously important light signaling during the day that is telling them that's daytime, eventually, day after day, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna break their rhythm, okay? Yeah. And when, they're, when they, they break their rhythm, they're, they're gonna start running into uh, agitation and inability to focus because probably they're not gonna be sleeping well. And as, as kids, sleep is this tremendous, tremendously important time through which we can build our brains and build our organs and grow and restore. And when, when, when kids are being put under artificial lighting at night in front of their devices, they're destroying these mechanisms. And then they're waking up and they're going to school right away, sitting under dim artificial lighting that is not enough to activate those processes for those kids to be in their elements, to feel uh, productive, creative, and like they are meant to be. Yeah, I feel like we don't really understand what we're, like you said, we don't know what we're doing to our children. We just need to put that education out there. And I feel so blessed that I've connected with so many people in the uh, quantum physics community. My daughter doesn't have to go to school until nine o'clock. So I'm always in the front yard. I don't care how cold it is, barefoot when the sun is coming up. She comes out there a lot of days with me. She doesn't care how cold it is. She loves cold. <laughs> She's Nordic blood, but she will sit out there. And I just, I love to talk with her, even though she's non-speaking and she spells on a letter board, but she understands everything. And so I've been having a lot of fun explaining to her, you know, this is, we get the sunrise and then we get the UVA light and that brings in these different, you know, hormones to your brain. And then her and I go walking at sunset every night. And it's just, it's, it's so beautiful that it makes me kind of sad for how many years that we were, her and I both just disconnected and just on devices and inside with lights on and just, you know, in these artificial environments. And I'm like, God, I wish I could go back and start over again with her. And I would just change all of that. I would never have introduced the devices and the TV and all of those things, because I feel like it's, it's really ruining our children and all these diagnoses are popping up. And like you said, you would misbehave and do anything you could do. And I feel like a lot of her behavior problems at school are like, she probably just wants to go outside, you know, and be natural in a natural environment. But I wonder how many other children of maybe parents who are listening to this, they're experiencing a lot of behavior issues with their children and they're, you know, they're, they're not letting them play outside. They're playing video games. They're under, under these lights at school all day. You know what I mean? Totally. I mean, there's a very interesting study that validates what you're talking about by Dr. Fritz Hollisch, who's mm -hmm. a German scientist. And he ran a study showing that the stress hormone cortisol was significantly higher when sitting under junk artificial blue light. Now, this is a, a fundamental problem that will cause so many different things in terms of a kid's behavior, mm. uh, especially in relation to 
craving sugar and carbs, which we'll go a little bit more about this. But you know, when I when I first did my cortisol test, it was it was around 10 microgram per deciliter at night. And wow. cortisol at night should be around one wow. microgram per deciliter. Now, the scary thing is that so many of our clients report the same thing. It's, it's, it's very common mm -hmm. that cortisol nowadays is, is peaking at night. At night, yeah. And, and when this happens, it, it basically, it, it takes a toll on uh, your sleep. And it also takes a toll on your morning cortisol because... Mm -hmm you need the healthy parts of morning cortisol in the morning to uh, alert your body that it's daytime so that, it's, uh, so that your muscles start tensing, your core temperature goes up and you start feeling alert and focused. And morning cortisol should be around 16 microgram per deciliter, but then it's often very low. And this is because mm. of the chronic exposure to cortisol at night. It's mm -hmm. actually depleting our reserve that we need in the morning in order to feel alert and focused. And so many people get into this vicious circle of waking up every morning, struggling with momentum and feeling sluggish and needing coffee and, mm -hmm. and stimulants to get going. And eventually this will lead them to, to, to burn out. Yeah. And the thing about cortisol at night, you know, I just did a, a short YouTube video not so long ago where I was talking about my routines for winter and just how I was changing a lot of things. And of course, one of the things I was changing was I have, I'm not going to eat anything after sunset. And I said, I don't eat after sunset because whenever you eat, you elicit a cortisol response. And I had someone in the comments that she got so mad and she was like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Eating raises cortisol that's stupid blah and she like went on this long comment and i just went on pubmed and pulled up a study and was like okay there you go it's very well known that eating will and it's not a bad thing for this to happen it's a it's a biological thing but that's one of the reasons why when we talk about circadian biology we also have to add food and meal timing into the conversation because people oftentimes in my clients and people that I talk to that are kind of in this community, they will not eat all day until six, seven, eight o'clock at night. And then they're eating at night. And that is putting more into that vicious cycle of not being able to sleep, having all this energy at night, and then wanting to wake up late in the morning, right? Yes, totally. And you bring up a very, very uh, important point because eating at night not only raises our cortisol, but it also affects our peripheral clocks, which are our organs clock. There's millions of cellular clocks and organ clocks in our bodies. And uh, just like our brain is supposed to rest and rejuvenate at night when, when we're sleeping so that we can wake up in the morning feeling refreshed and, and ready to solve problems. Also, our organs are meant to detoxify and to repair themselves at night when sleeping. Now, what happens when we get a light signal signaling darkness? When this happens, uh, the central clock in the brain sends a signal to all of our uh, uh, glands, hormones, and tissues that the day is ending. And at this particular time, 
melatonin start slowly rising, cortisol start going down, and this start preparing us for an amazing night's sleep where we actually restore our memories, we calibrate our emotions, we build new neurons in the brain through the process of neurogenesis. We also strengthen all the synapses in between the neurons based on, on all the learning that we've done throughout the day. What so many people don't know is that even if you're learning throughout the day, actual learning does not happen when you're learning. Mm -hmm. It actually happens when you're sleeping. Okay, yeah. so uh, when, when this happens and, and, and your body gets a signal that the kitchen has closed for the night, your organs automatically start going in a, in a, in a repairing mode, just like uh, you know, if, if you have, a, if you have like uh, in the kitchen, different uh, pipes, you, you'll need to take care of that sewage because it might start leaking. In the same way, our, our organs are meant to repair the tissues because when they don't repair themselves, they're gonna start leaking and we, we go into problems like leaky gut and so on. Yes. And when you, when you override the light signal, by putting food in your mouth uh, when it's dark outside, your organs are forced to leave everything that they are doing at this moment and switch their attention from burning fat, repair and rejuvenation to making fat and processing that food. Because those organs, they are evolutionarily designed to uh, you know, they need to override the light signal through the food signal. Otherwise you don't digest the food and you die. But if you, if you keep doing this night after night, you're actually decreasing the time through which you're burning fat at night while you're sleeping. But not only this, your digestion at night is much less efficient. The mm -hmm. pancreas doesn't secrete much insulin and those systems are designed to function optimally during the day. So the same meal, that you might eat in the morning and it might take you one hour to fully digest, it's gonna take you three to four hours at night. And this will take from the time of all the things that I've mentioned about healing, rejuvenating and repairing. And technically by the end of your sleep, you're getting into that phase where you, you just finish uh, processing that food and you're, you're, you're starting your, uh, your fat burning mechanism and then you wake up and you know you drink your coffee mm. and you activate again making fat rather than burning fat and and again day after day this is extremely problematic yeah and you know i talked to dr twyman i don't know if you know him um a week ago yeah. and i because i wear an aura ring i've been taking i after i talked to dr twyman i took off my aura ring. <laughs> and so i've had it off for the last week so i don't know what's been going on but one thing I noticed with the aura ring, and you talked about this this morning in our coaching call, is body temperature. If I eat at night before bed, my body temperature takes a really long time to drop and get to its lowest point because the aura ring will tell you your body temp dropped at this, the lowest point was at this time. And sometimes my lowest body temperature doesn't even hit until like right before I wake up the next day, if I have eaten a big meal or food before bed. And so that's like more motivation for me to not have that food at night. Number one, I know I'm not going to sleep. I'm not going to repair. I don't, 
um, my body temperature doesn't go down. So I know it's just, it's just a horrible circadian mismatch, but you explain this whole body temperature phenomenon so well, I would love for you to talk about that with my audience a little bit. Yeah, definitely. This body temperature phenomena is an endogenous circadian phenomena that happens uh, naturally every 24 hours. There's a rise in temperature and there's a fall. We, we register uh, a temperature maximum and a temperature minimum within a 24 hour cycle. Now, it's very simple. Anytime we wake up, we open our eyes and the light is inclining. The temperature is also inclining. And this will lead to more wakefulness, alertness, and focus. Anytime the light is declining and we start closing our eyes and go inwardly towards sleep, the temperature is also declining. So if we take this very simple mechanism and think to ourselves, what are some of the things that we can do in the morning to help the rise of our core temperature? And the simple answer is viewing more light first thing in the morning, exercising and eating a big breakfast. All of these together will really contribute into the rise of your body temperature. Now you don't need to, de- to do them all at the same time, uh, you know, but you, like fundamentally and primarily the, the main signaling is light, which activate melanopsin in the eye and trigger the sensor clock into uh, sending signals to all to the rest of the body that is daytime. Along with this, if you want to help the light viewing uh, protocol, you could have a big breakfast, you could take your cold shower early in the morning, and you could exercise. And all of these three are mechanisms through which our core temperature will rise up when those happens. Now, when it comes to nighttime, it's the complete opposite. We actually need to help our body to cool down. And as you mentioned, when you eat a big meal at night, we gotta digest it. And there's a, there's, there's a metabolic process that happens, which means that our core temperature will increase. And this could be very problematic in order to actually be able to sleep and to stay asleep and to, stay, uh, to sleep deeply as well. And uh, similar to how food increases our core temperature up, Primarily light and artificial light at night and very little amount of it could be very destructive at night from a temperature perspective and from so many different other perspectives, which we could touch upon uh, afterwards. Also, it's not good to exercise at night because it's going to increase your core temperature up. And uh, as this happens, it's going to inhibit you from accessing a restful night's sleep. Yeah, we talked on our call this morning about um, cold therapy. It's my thing I'm a a little obsessed with right now because it's cold here, so I might as well. And I cold plunge. I do, my morning routine is wake up, meditate, go straight outside, sunrise, eat a fatty protein breakfast, and then jump into my cold plunge, you know, all before eight (laughs) o'clock. And that energizes Mm -hmm. me for the day. It feels so good to, you know, eat the meal, jump into the plunge. And, and sometimes I work out after that as well, but those are the things I don't skip out on. And someone was talking about, um, cold therapy at night, because some people say do cold therapy at sunrise or at sunset, but 
you know, you talked a little bit on the call about why someone may not want to do that cold therapy at night, right? Yeah, definitely. And I guess on the call, we simplified it in a way that makes so much sense. It's, it's this yin and yang, day and night, rise in temperature and fall in temperature. All of these are tied together and they are tethered together in a beautiful way. And one will affect the other. We cannot talk about sleep without talking about wakefulness. And we can never talk about wakefulness without talking about sleep. Now, in the same way, when we're talking about cold thermogenesis, anytime we go into the cold, there's, a, there's, a, there's an effect afterwards that is gonna lead to our core temperature rising up. Yes. Okay. And from a circadian perspective, because our temperature is meant to rise first thing in the morning, it's gonna help us get more alert, focused, and energized. Now, when we, when we switch at nighttime, that's the time when it's getting dark outside, it's the time for us to go in, and it's the time for our core temperature to drop down. If we do a cold shower at night, it's gonna raise our core temperature up, and it's gonna cause our circadian rhythm to shift forward. It's gonna delay shift our circadian rhythm, which could be useful in, in, in certain situations when we are actually trying to delay shift our circadian rhythm so that we can stay up longer and wake up the following day later. And this will be useful, particularly if you're trying to travel from uh, east to west and you're trying to delay shift your circadian rhythm. But otherwise, it will, it will cause a circadian disruption and it will cause you to want to go to bed later and wake up later the following day. However, I also mentioned on the call that there is a very small percentage of people who will go into the cold water at night and will experience a rebound effect in melatonin, which will lead them to want to go to sleep. So with that being said, how do you know if you're part of that small percentage of people? You could experiment and see how you feel. But generally speaking for uh, the, the biggest percentage of the population will benefit much more from doing their cold shower first thing in the morning and taking their hot bath at night. That's what because I was going to ask go, you. Yeah, because I always take my hot bath at night. I'm a little addicted to that. <laughs> yeah, so that's a good thing it's, to do. It's at actually night wonderful. Then. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> I don't want to give that one up. <laughs> Definitely, because, because it will, uh, you know, after you leave the hot bath, is gonna your core temperature is gonna cool down and mm -hmm. it's gonna help you uh, to go to sleep much uh, much easier. But not only this, in anything in life, you, you want to think of a matter of perspective. When when we when we're approaching nighttime, we're also approaching our feminine aspect, which is mm -hmm. much more calm, much more grounded, and much more inward. And it's it's dark and and it's 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 still. So any activity that you do in the evening that supports stillness, calmness, and that will help your nervous system to switch from a sympathetic active state to a parasympathetic uh, relax and, and repair state will be, will, be, will be a great idea. Yeah, I think that's key. That's what we always try to do here is just get everything nice and dim, 
everybody turn off everything, maybe read by candlelight, just relax, take a warm bath. And we all, <laughs> it's funny now since I've shifted, I think a lot of people don't realize if you shift your family and they, your family sees a big change in you, they're all going to start shifting. That's what's happened in my house because now we all like our lights out at 8.30, which is insane. You know, my husband and myself and my daughter, we're all in bed at 8.30 at night, which seems ridiculously early, but I mean, the sun goes down at 5.30. So we've yeah. already eaten at five, we do our sunset walk, and then we've just kind of taken the energy down. But in the winter time, it's really a wonderful time for your body to go into that repair mode. That's when our, you know, hibernation happens, when repair happens and rest and restoration. Um, we, we're not meant to be on the go and staying up all the time, right? 100%. And, and when you start living in rhythm, there's no stepping back. Yeah. Because it's, it's so wonderful. I mean, you cannot experience what it is like to live in rhythm unless you start living in rhythm because you're not consciously aware of the states that you're going to access when you actually start living that way. And unless you experience them, you're not going to know them. Now, what does it look to experience them? You're going to start waking up every morning before the sunrise, naturally, without an alarm clock, feeling extremely rested, feeling this peace of mind and peace of heart. And you, you, your body will uh, excrete any toxins. So, you, you know, going in the to the washroom first thing in the morning is a circadian response. And mm -hmm. I worked with so many people who used to uh, not be able to go to the washroom for a few days. And when, they're fixed, when they fixed their circadian rhythm, every morning at the same time, they're, they're excreting those toxins that their body have accumulated at night. Your brain also will, will feel much would feel light and much capable and uh, within the first hours of the morning you know you, your your brain is primed for problem solving and and creativity and technically you will see to yourself that you're going to accomplish in the first few hours much more than you would accomplish in a day or even more because you're actually working and creating within that window when you're optimally performing and by by the by the afternoon you're going to feel extremely satisfied and happy having accomplished enough things in the first uh you know few hours of the morning and what i tell people you're going to also have the energy to exercise play with your kids and do the things that you want to do and and during the evening you, you're going to notice that you're going to start winding down having this uh, very relaxed energy, yet having enough energy to contemplate your day and imagine the future. And many people really miss on these moments because the, the evening come and they haven't seen enough light during the day because they woke up late, they stayed indoors, so they become light hungry. They have mm. a high level for hunger for light because we are light beings and then they start exposing themselves to all these artificial lights, which are not in harmony with the, with, the, with, the, with the cycles that are supposed to happen in our body. And they end up feeling wired, anxious, and stimulated at times when they are supposed to be winding down and going inwardly. Because truly, Sarah, this time in the evening, especially in the winter, is a very special time 
to meditate, to mm -hmm. create, to imagine. And our imagination is a marvelous tool. It's, it's, it's a very powerful tool that shapes and molds our life. And it's only through our imagination that we can override our old paradigm and our old concept of ourselves so that we can create something new. Mm. And when people are all the time stimulated by the outside world and by artificial lights, they're really missing on their power to create and to go within. Oh, wow. You know, and they, people don't know this, but you and I talked I guess about a month ago, we did a Zoom call just to meet each other before this podcast call. And that was one of the things I told Rudy, some uh, some things that have been going on with me offline. And he was like, you need to spend this time visualizing. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And so ever since we talked, I really make sure that my evening time I'm able to go do a meditation and then just kind of visualizing in my mind these things that I'm trying to accomplish that I've used diet and supplements and all this other stuff to try to achieve. And it's like, I never thought about the energy, that quantum energy that I needed to put forth for these things. And so, yeah, and I do that in the morning too. When I wake up, we talked about this on the call today as well as like, I, every morning and I have meditated every morning for years, but now I'll do my meditation, but then I also spend more time after meditation, just visualizing and really drawing that vivid image um, before I head outside. Cause I'm usually awake for it, but can you talk about that a little bit, just the science behind what's going on at those times right before bed and then right when we wake up so people can really start to harness this energy for themselves. Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, our imagination is able to create anything that we want to the extent of our attention. And our attention is either directed from within or from without. Mm -hmm. Now, it is directed from without when all of our conscious attention is on external things in our world. And that's the, 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 the time during the day when, you know, we are doing a podcast, we are studying a book, we're doing all of these things that require our conscious attention uh, through our five senses. Now, the second aspect is when it's directed from within. And this is very different than when it's directed from without because that's when you shut down your five senses and you go inwardly to you and where you have a subjective control of what you want to create in your own reality, okay? And when, when we're observant enough, we will see that our outside world is shaping itself upon the model of our imagination. And this has been taught by so many different doctors like Dr. Joe Dispenza um, and, 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 and so many other leaders in the field. And technically, how do we align this with circadian rhythm? It's easy and it makes so much sense. It, we, have, we have two hormones in the body that control wakefulness and sleepiness. Cortisol is the hormone of stress. And when it's released in a healthy way, it will lead us to uh, optimal wakefulness, alertness, and focus, okay? And this govern our conscious mind or the male aspect of ourself thriving and doing, okay? Now, the other aspect is the feminine aspect, which is controlled by melatonin, the hormone that is released during dark times and that will help us sleep better. 
Now, anytime we are entering sleep, it's, it's a very important time because our brainwave frequencies start dropping down into theta. And this is where uh, we can actually impress our subconscious mind with our conscious thought. It's a state in which we are half asleep and half awake and where the subconscious mind, which control our expression in the world, will meet our conscious mind and what we want, what, what we desire. And this is why it's a very important time before going to sleep to take all this time to make sure that you're entering those sleep states with thoughts and visions that are in alignment and in harmony with the person you want to be and with what you want to do in the world. Because if you enter those sleep states in a state of anxiousness, okay, before you, before you mm -hmm. just fall asleep, what you're actually communicating to your subconscious mind is feelings of anxiety. And the subconscious mind do not, is, is, is very, it, it, will, it will express whatever, whatever is being impressed upon it. Okay, it's, it's very deductive. And technically, the drama of the second day will express whatever less thought you impress your subconscious mind before you sleep. Mm -hmm. And similarly, first thing in the morning, when you wake up, when you're still between half sleep and half awake, this, this is the time where melatonin is still present in your body, it's slowly declining and cortisol is slowly rising. So this is also a very important time to set the tone for the day and impress your subconscious mind with the image of the person whom you want to be and the things that you want to offer in the world. You gotta see yourself and mm -hmm. you gotta see yourself there on the, on the screen of your mind. It's beautiful. I love that so much. And I've, like I said, ever since we talked, I've been doing that every single day. And I just, I feel so much better just with everything else that I'm doing with the light. But I just, I feel like it's another way of kind of getting into gratitude is having that visualization and really feeling yourself in that place and harnessing those two times, the morning and the evening. Um, I feel such a big difference just in my overall psyche and everything. So thank you for that beautiful explanation. Yeah, definitely. And one thing that helps me so much is asking myself, how would I feel if my wish is already fulfilled? Yeah. And the subconscious mind is our emotional mind and we can impress upon it things through our emotions. So as we hold that picture of the person we want to be, we got to internalize it and uh, become emotionally involved with it. And this is primarily the way through which we can communicate with universal intelligence or our subconscious mind, which will help us express it into, into the world in any way possible. Yeah, that's so beautiful. And you know, we talked a little bit as well about how I have a lot of clients and I know a lot of people that are very eager to get up and do a really hard workout first thing in the morning that they just, you know, I'm up, I need to be productive and it's a good time to be productive. But do you think someone should shift directly into a difficult workout? Like right when they wake up, what's the ideal kind of way to do that for people? 
Yeah, technically, I think people will, will appreciate understanding this. The reason you wake up in the morning is because in response to light, you know, uh, the, the, the central clock in the brain sends a signal to the adrenal gland to release the hormone cortisol and adrenaline, okay? And this healthy pulse of cortisol and adrenaline early in the morning is designed to alert the body that it's time to start moving. But here's what it does. In, in, a, in, a, in an orderly sequence, it starts increasing your body temperature. Your heart starts picking up a few more beats per minute. And it starts tensing your muscles so you can start feeling awake, focused, and alert. And this doesn't happen in a way you know, that is instant. It happens in, a, uh, in an orderly sequence. And what does, this, what does this mean and how can we imitate it in our, our, in our own life? Well, this will mean that when you first wake up for the first 60 minutes, you gotta keep in mind that, cor that cortisol is slowly rising and melatonin is slowly going down. So we wanna transition through these 60 minutes through activities that are not shocking to our nervous system and extremely stimulating right away. And ideally, if we have the time, we, we, we want to start with something that will lead us to this optimal wakefulness and alertness. Now, if you happen to wake up and you have something, you know, very close that requires from you high levels of wakefulness and alertness, then yes, using, using exercise, viewing light, and even going right away into cold water, will help you achieve this optimal wakefulness first thing in the morning. But is this sustainable over long periods of time? From my experience, I would say no. It's gonna, it's gonna take away from the magic of the first 60 minutes and from the magic of this smooth transition from sleep into wakefulness. Hmm. That makes sense. And so do you think people, when they first wake up, uh, how do you feel about the 10,000 lux like light boxes for people to use those? Or do you think people should always just kind of wait around and try to get regular sunrise um, into their eyes? What's, what's ideal for people? Well, it would really depend on their lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Ideally, sunlight is like nothing can beat sunlight. If, if you can wait until you get this sunlight in your eyes, it, this is this is definitely the most ideal choice. In one of my presentation about, I was talking about the qualities of wakefulness and different choices that will lead to optimal wakefulness. Anytime we 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 talk wakefulness, it's a circadian response where when we first wake up in the morning, uh, melanopsin, those light sensors in the eye, are very hungry for light, but their sensitivity is very low which means that they need a lot of bright light in the morning in order for them to get activated and induce uh, our, our, our body to wake up. So with that being said, we need 100,000 lux or more in order to activate that system. Mm. And as I, as I also mentioned in the presentation, that the good news is that for the first few hours in the morning, we can sum up photons, which means that if we go outside and it's not as bright because it's cloudy or overcast, all we need to do is spend more time outdoors so that we can sum up those photons over the first few hours of the day. Now, 
this, the, 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 the second maybe ideal, uh, less, less ideal choice will be turning on uh, bright artificial light so that we can activate that system. Now, the only problem with that is that most of artificial lights come at a 6,500 kelvins uh, of color temperature, which is similar to the color temperature at 12 noon. And this could be very confusing to our body when mm. it's 6 a.m. in the morning and when we are seeing uh, it's, it's an, a light information system that is telling us it's 12 noon. So what I usually recommend is uh, that people could put our evening glasses, the, the Viva Rays evening glasses, which are designed to mimic uh, the color temperature of twilight or a beginning of a bonfire at 1,800 kelvins. Now, if the lights are bright enough, um, they're gonna still be they're gonna still expose themselves to this photonic lux that will activate their sensor clock without confusing their system with the color temperature. Mm, gotcha. Yeah, I think that's the hardest thing for people to wrap their heads around is just what what do I do when I wake up and why should I not just look at my phone first thing that you mentioned isn't the, the phone is about I'm still learning all this stuff it isn't it about 6500 kelvins as well to look at the phone and the sun is what like 1800 1600 1800 is that correct. The, the sun starts at about 2200 kelvins at sunrise. Okay. And it rises in an orderly manner all the way up to 6,500 kelvins around 12 noon. Mm -hmm. And then it's declining in color temperature. And that's where we experience a decline in the blue and green light. And eventually this system starts signaling to us that we're transitioning into the dark time of the day of the night so that we can start preparing ourselves for sleep. This is why it's actually very important to block all blue and green light after the sunset. Mm. Got it. And during the day, so uh, you mentioned Viva Rays, that is your company and you've created a special system for people. It's like an all-in-one system, correct? So they can have the, the day lenses if they're gonna be inside under the artificial lights. And then it's just like a clip-on for the evening lens, correct? Yes. Yeah, and what's different between uh, your day lenses and just like regular day lenses that people will find out there? Yeah, that's a great question. There's a lot of daytime lenses and we've tested hundreds in the market and there's uh, like probably 95% of the ones we've tested showed uh, a lot of flaws. Now, the reason so is our daytime lenses, for instance, they transform the harmful narrow peak at 455 nanometer of blue-violet Right. this harmful frequency that is emitted from LED bulbs into a more balanced and more natural distribution with the yellow and the green. And this will eliminate eye strain, headaches, and agitation. Now, I already explained about the clear lenses right. and why they're not uh, appropriate. And uh, I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit more about some other yellow tinted glasses. And notice the when I'm referring to our daytime glasses, we use the word transform rather than blocking blue light, mm. which really differentiates us from other yellow tinted glasses. Those, those yellow tinted glasses, they block 100% of the blue light at 455 nanometer. And in the process of doing this, they wipe out all of the blue turquoise at 480 nanometer that could be coming from the window. Now, why is that very, very important? Is because 
the 480 nanometer is a very crucial frequency to resetting our circadian rhythm and signaling to our body that's daytime. And if we block this frequency, we'll probably start feeling less alert, drowsy, and sleepy at the wrong time of the day. Also, blocking 100% of the blue light at 455 nanometer is somehow a reductionist approach because blue light is not good nor bad. Blue light, just like anything in nature, just is. And its effect on us will depend on the time of the day we are exposing ourselves to it and whether or not it was proportionate with the other colors. So anytime we're thinking daytime, we wanna actually maximize our exposure to blue light. However, it gotta be balanced with the other color frequencies. So by wearing a yellow tinted glasses that block 100% of the blue, you're eliminating this color that is extremely important for our circadian rhythm. Rather, you don't wanna eliminate it, you wanna reduce its sharpness and make it balanced and proportionate with the, with the yellow and green. And this way you will actually be able to function in, in front of those digital devices and under artificial light and still have all the energy and focus that you need in order to run your uh, tasks during the day. Got it, that makes sense. And so, I mean, the thing about blue light, like you said, it's neither good nor bad. And there's always, unless it's after sunset, there's always, there's blue light in the sunrise. There's blue light like UVA, UVB, as we go through the day, there's blue light throughout the day. So it's not necessarily a bad thing, but the problem with like our phone screen, computer screen, LED bulbs is like, it's, it's an unnatural amount of that blue light, correct? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you could think of blue light as a stimulating phenomena in nature that leads us to wake up and that optimizes our metabolic processes in the body. Mm. And in nature, blue light, just like exercise, it, it increases our reactive oxygen species and oh. oxidative stress. And you could think of reactive oxygen species as byproducts of you know, metabolic processes when, when our cells are processing the food that we eat. Just like when you go and cook in the kitchen, you leave a mess and you gotta clean this mess. Reactive oxygen species are byproducts that they gotta be cleaned so we don't run into inflammation, okay? And when we expose ourselves to blue light moderately and in a balanced way, and just like exercising in a moderate and balanced way, it actually triggers the production of antioxidants and enhances the immune function and protect our body from disease, okay? However, what happens if you, uh, if, if you exercise chronically all the day and, and you don't rest? Right. You're going to probably hurt yourself and you, you, you're going to cause yourself more harm than good. And similarly, when we talk about blue light, chronically exposing ourselves to this frequency will increase those reactive oxygen species abnormally. And those free radicals are meant to detoxify themselves at night when we sleep. However, keep in mind that the main signal to be able to detoxify these reactive oxygen species is darkness, mm. okay? And when we lose the ability to detoxify those reactive oxygen species because of chronic exposure to artificial light at night, the oxidative stress becomes very high and it starts damaging the body's cells, proteins, and DNA. 
and it will contribute to aging, chronic inflammation, and neurodegenerative diseases. You know, the thing that's been so remarkable about my journey this year of changing uh, my circadian rhythms and getting that in check is that I, the beginning of this year, I was really frustrated because I have a, you know, a little blood sugar meter and I check um, to see what my blood sugar is when I wake up in the morning and, you know, throughout the day. And I was running, regardless of eating like this perfect diet, my fasting blood sugar was a hundred or more in the morning or in the high nineties. And I was like, I'm not even eating carbohydrates. I'm not eating sugar. I just don't understand why my blood sugar is so high. And when I fixed that relationship with light, now I'm steadily in the seventies, you know, I mean, it's like night and day, literally that the, I didn't really change my diet at all. I haven't really drastically changed my diet, but once I fixed the relationship with light, I don't have these like pre-diabetic blood sugar numbers anymore, which is like, it's almost like you don't really believe it until it happens to you, but there's a lot of science to back that up, right? Totally, yeah. I yeah. mean, there's a, there's a direct relationship between light and blood sugar. And mm. technically it's easy to think about. Blue light increases cortisol, okay? Yeah. And since cortisol's role, is to provide glucose uh, to, prepare, to prepare our body for the flight and uh, fight and flight mechanism. This gotta increase our blood sugar level uh, so, so, that, so that our muscle soaks that sugar so that we can run and flee. Right. And technically when this will, this will serve us if we were in nature and we face a lion because we want this natural mechanism that will enable us to either fight or flight. And when this happens in front of screens, when we're sitting in an indoor environment, there's actually no lion there. It's, it will actually start uh, leading us to carbs and sugar craving, okay? Mm. And uh, one of my mentors always say a chaotic blood sugar level leads to chaotic emotions mm -hmm. and a chaotic mind. And mm -hmm. when our emotions are all over the place, we are much more likely to make bad decisions and we'll have the tendency to make uh, poor food choices, picking junk sugary foods rather than whole organic nutritious food. But not only this, it will affect our reasoning ability. It will affect our imagination. It will affect our productivity our, our, at work and our ability to make you know, decisions that will serve uh, our goals and our progress. And as you mentioned, Sarah, uh, there's a doctor, a functional medicine doctor, uh, who started using our daytime glasses. Uh, he, he started using all of our glasses, but he shared with me a very interesting story, particularly about his experience with the daytime glasses. He always uses a blood sugar level, level to track his uh, glucose levels. Mm -hmm. And uh, after he started wearing his Vivarez glasses, basically he noticed that his blood sugar level uh, after every meal was much more stable compared to, to before, even, even though he, he didn't change his diet. He was yeah. eating literally the same food. However, his blood sugar level was spiking before after those same meals. And after he started regulating his exposure to blue light, the same food led to a much more line and stable blood sugar level. And this is because the chronic exposure to this junk light 
was literally causing the blood sugar to spike and crash. Yeah, some of my toughest clients are people who don't wake up to see sunrise and they have to be at work before sunrise and they're on tech devices all day. I have one client who is literally all day for work fixing other people's computers, you know, at her job. And I'm like, you know, her blood sugar is constantly elevated. She can't lose weight no matter what she does. And I'm like, no matter what she eats, how perfect the diet gets, it's not changing. And I never tell people, you know, you need to move or you need to quit your job. But this is one of those situations. I'm like, you, you may really want to consider the impact that your job is having on your health at this point, because we've really done everything that we can possibly do. And if your blood sugar is not going down, you're not eating any carbohydrates, you're, you know, barely eating anything at this point, she's got her calories so low and she just, nothing's changing. And it's like, you know, maybe you should think differently about being on computers all day and being at work before the sun comes up every day, just, you know. Totally. And, and it's extremely frustrating. And, and, and you, you start running into those vicious circles of blaming yourself and you, you start yeah. going into the emotions of guilt and shame. And you, you, you probably start thinking that there's something wrong about you because you're trying right. all these different uh, health uh, protocols and, and it's not working. But the solution turns out to be much simpler than we ever thought. I mean, yeah. no matter who you are, where you are and how foggy headed, depressed and fatigued you, you feel, simply by applying few steps today, you will be able to radically transform your life by going every morning and viewing this uh, early morning sunlight through your eyes and by committing to yourself to blocking all artificial lights after the sunset by wearing high quality blue light blocking glasses that are scientifically engineered to address specific frequencies, you will in a matter of days start feeling much better, much more clear, much more alive and your ability to make decisions and to perceive yourself and reality will actually transform, it will elevate itself so that you could start seeing things that you probably haven't been seeing even though you were looking. And this is very connected to dopamine. And mm. dopamine is this miraculous molecule that enable us to have the inspiration and motivation to go after our goals and aspiration but also uh, increases our ability to make decision, allow us to see the bigger picture in life, allow us to see patterns so that we can understand ourselves. And the problem is the viewing artificial light at night, even slight amount of artificial light at night has been shown to suppress the release of dopamine the following morning. And this is through a study by Dr. Samir Hitar that was recently published showing how this very small amount of artificial light at night is actually depleting our dopamine and negatively affecting our cognition and memory. So we're more likely to wake up feeling unhappy and much more likely to be, be feeling unsatisfied and to go about the day feeling less productive and creative because our memory is negatively affected, our cognition is negatively affected. And we're talking about a small amount of artificial light, whereas most people are exposed to enormous amount of artificial light at night. So you can now imagine 
how by making little adjustment in your life and maximizing healthy natural light during the day and minimizing or eliminating whatsoever junk artificial light at night, your whole rhythm, your whole life will start changing. It's not magic. It's, it's literally quantum biology and quantum physics. And that's the thing. I think people get really discouraged because a lot of people have been on different diets and tried all the supplements, the route that you went on and that I've been on as well. And they haven't seen the changes that have been promised from these different diets and supplements. But for me, and you had such a a powerful experience in a short amount of time, as did I, it doesn't take years and years for this stuff to kick in, right? If someone was to take let's say they just say, you know what, I'm just going to take two weeks off of work. And I'm going to just very be very vigilant about this, seeing the sunrise, blocking the light at night, and just let this be a couple of weeks where I'm maybe resting, but being outside and being in nature more. Do you think that that would be enough time for them to see a huge difference? Totally. I mean, you're talking, you're talking to a person who struggled for 25 years and who kept going from one doctor to another and literally tried all these different diets, all these different supplements, herbal formulas, uh, different therapy techniques, meditation technique, exercise techniques. And I was desperate. I was really wanting to feel better. And again, like it was much simpler, much simpler, much simpler than I ever thought. When I went to this farm camping and being in harmony with the light and dark cycles, and within a matter of few days, literally three days, I, I start sleeping peacefully through the night to then wake up before the sunrise, feeling motivated, refreshed, and energized. And when we say motivation and energy in the morning, this is all that we need in order for us to change our concepts of ourselves and to upgrade our image of ourselves. Because if For so many years, we've had an image of ourselves as being sick and Mm -hmm. as dealing with diseases. It's going to take an energy. It's going to take a focus. It's going to take an inspiration in order to be able to shift that concept of self. And what will literally provide you with this energy and with this focus and attention is light, healthy light and sleep. So simply by taking three days and not so much two weeks, three days, and literally making sure that you're doing the right things, you will transform your life. It is a promise. And I guarantee you, no matter who you are, where you are, and what you're dealing with, you will transform your life in as short as three days. Yeah, so I was saying, no matter who they are, where they are, and what they're mm-hmm. dealing with, no matter how sick they are feeling at the moment, okay, I promise that in a matter of three days, as you start doing the right things, in relation to optimizing your circadian rhythm and your light exposure, you will start feeling much lighter, much more energized, and you will have all the energy and motivation that you need to create transformation in your life, as long as you want it, as long as you deeply desire it. And I wanna take, I wanna take uh, this opportunity to share with the audience a free guide that we have on vivarays.com. It has all the tips, strategies, and tools that you need in order to elevate your light environment to a whole new level of alignment with nature. So you can have exactly, you know, the exact steps that you need to take in order to fully master your sleep, 
have more energy and focus and get the motivation and, and productivity that you're looking for in your day. Awesome. And I'll make sure I link that in the show notes. So that is where people can really find your blue blocking glasses, this amazing guide. It sounds like you have a people can use to optimize their light environment. Is there any other way that people can find you if they want to learn more about your work or, or what it is that you do? So www.vivarays.com, V-I-V-A-R-A-Y-S. And we share a lot of our educational material on Instagram and to our email list as well. We are very dedicated in providing the highest level of education because we believe that people got to understand and develop, you know, a level of understanding in order to transform their life from this ease to actually creation because we're either creating or disintegrating. And usually a state of ignorance of not knowing leads to all kinds of anxiety and depression and this ease, whereas a state of uh, understanding and, and, and knowledge leads to creation and growth and fuller expression. So we're all about empowering people with uh, an education that will lead them to uh, fuller expression, growth and expansion. And they can, they can access this on our social media and uh, through our email list for sure. Awesome. Well, Rudy, this has been just such an amazing conversation. I'm going to have to go back and watch it a couple times, <laughs> I think, because I feel like every time I talk with you, I learn something new. And so I really appreciate you coming on and, and chatting with me today. Thank you. Yeah, totally. And also, I, I uh, realized that we didn't talk, talk much about the three systems, the, the oh, evening yeah. and the nighttime. So if, if someone is curious and have any particular questions about how these specific lenses have been engineered in the lab to address the specific amount of artificial light that you need to block and allow the color temperature of light that your brain needs that, that your brain needs to expose itself to depending on the time of the day feel free to reach out to us at support at vivarays.com we can answer any of your questions and uh, we're happy to help Awesome. Yeah. And I'll make sure I link all of that so everyone can find it. And yeah, thank you again for, for coming on and talking. Yeah, my pleasure, Sarah. All right. All right, guys, I hope that you enjoyed today's episode with Rudy from Viva Rays. Again, check out that special offer link, which is down in the information section for you guys to get a discount on his system. I love it. I have it and highly recommend it. I also want to thank the sponsors of today's episode, Upgraded Formulas. You can use my code YOGI12 to save on that hair tissue mineral analysis if you're having issues with muscle cramps, weakness, fatigue, sleep issues, any of those things, even hair loss that can be related to imbalanced minerals. And the best way to get a hold of those imbalanced minerals is to test and see what's actually off with them. So use my code YOGI12 over at Upgraded Formulas to save. And also a big thanks to Optimal Carnivore. My code over there is carnivore uppercase Y. You can get these on Amazon and use the code over on Amazon to save 10%. And I just want to thank you guys for listening to today's episode. I am so passionate about sharing this information with you guys about circadian biology, quantum physics, and I have more guests coming on in the future. 
So I hope you guys are enjoying the content. So let me know, head on over to Apple, leave me up to that five-star review. And I think Spotify now has a feature where you can leave comments over there. You can also support the show by going to my YouTube channel, subscribing over there. And that's another great place to leave me a comment if you really did enjoy this episode. All right. Have a fabulous day and a happy new year, especially if you're listening live on January 5th when this comes out. I will talk with you guys again soon. Bye.